Hey there. The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we educate and inspire people to live fuller lives through mindful practices. Let's get started with your host, New York Times contributor, leadership advisor, sought-after keynote speaker, the author of the Amazon hot new release, Everyday Mindfulness from Chaos to Calm in a Crazy World. She's smart, strong, sassy, and a trendsetter in the field of mindful leadership. Your host, Holly Duckworth. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we get to have engaging and fun conversations with people living and leading and exploring what it means to be a mindful professional in the world today. And I'm so excited that my friend Karen Jacobson was able to fit us into her, her global schedule. We've been chatting about having her on the show for a while. And what we both have come to know is there's a divine and perfect alignment. And we're so great for our schedule aligned today. Karen Jacobson, you are the voice of the GPS. You are a well-known keynote speaker, an author, and a musician, a mother, a you know, global citizen. Uh, welcome to the show. We're so glad you said yes. Oh, thank you for having me. It's awesome to be here. Well, we are kicking off 2020. Uh, so many people are saying clear vision 2020, lots of new things happening. And you've been quite on quite a quest and a journey yourself of self-discovery and newness. So I'm curious, what's, what's your everyday mindfulness practice? How do you get grounded every day in starting your life in this new year, this new decade? Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, well, my, my mindfulness journey, I would say, began through yoga. And that's almost 20 years ago that I started practicing yoga regularly. And that's how I was introduced to meditation. A few minutes of meditation during Shavasana at the end of yoga. And then about eight, nearly nine, eight and a half years ago, I was really frustrated with myself because I had learned a lot uh, about the power of meditation, the health benefits of meditation. And I was meditating so sporadically. I will call, I call mindfulness meditation. That's just my term. I know we can call it 25 different things and it's, yeah. the, it's the individual, but I'm calling it meditation for myself. So I, I had a powerful conversation with a friend and, and told her about how frustrated I was about not meditating regularly because I'd heard that unless you meditate for 30 minutes, at least 30 minutes, first thing in the morning, <laughs> it didn't do enough. You may as well not even meditate, which I now don't believe at all. But at the time, it totally put me off. I had a three-year-old. I was doing a lot of solo parenting when my husband was traveling meditating first thing in the morning for 30 minutes with a three-year-old. Um, I, <laughs> I just don't think so. Anyhow, my friend was so gentle with me and just said, well, how much could you meditate? And how, when could you? And I was like, well, when he's napping or after he goes to sleep. 
and well, at least 15 minutes. So I kind of set this seven day challenge for myself to meditate 15 minutes a day for seven days in a row. And I did it and I continued and it became a month and that became my practice for eight years. I meditated at least 15 minutes a day and did not miss a day. I was committed. I am committed to my mindfulness practice. And the benefits were just life jarring in terms of clarity of mind. But my biggest breakthrough was keeping a promise to myself and my trust with myself. Then last year, I listened to what kept coming up for me was this desire to deepen my meditation practice. And I had read about TM, Transcendental Meditation, for a long time. And whenever it popped up in an article or something, I was very interested in it, but totally put off by the idea of meditating twice a day. (laughs) Who has time to stop everything and meditate twice a day for 20 minutes? That's an unrealistic commitment in this corporate business technological world. However, I learned more, I read more, and I started to feel ready. I created a lot of room in my life in this last 12 months. And uh, in August, I went and started, I went to an introduction and then I went and started and did the TM course. And since August 19th, I have been meditating twice a day for at least 20 minutes. And it's been quite uh, enlightening how simple that is to integrate into my life. It's not a hardship. And it takes a little bit of calculating, but it's really not the drama I made it out to be for a long time. So I'm four months into that. That was so funny. That was right. You sent me a text and you said, hey, Holly, have you heard of TM? And and because we initially met through speaking, I thought you were talking about Toastmasters. And and that's right. We had to have that whole whole cleaning up. Isn't text messaging fun? Uh, Transcendental meditation. Yeah, so, so fun. And I I love how you bring that back to commitment to self and Mm -hmm. self-care. That it's just a little thing. And yet we've conditioned ourselves as humans. Most of us have a rule. We brush our teeth twice a day. So why wouldn't we bring space for for our mind, our mind care, or or mind health, with mental health being so top of mind um, for so many of us right now. I think that's really key. You know, if we set an appointment in our business to meet with our accountant or meet with our lawyer or our attorney, we're not going to miss those appointments. So now it's time to start taking self-care um, to the next level. And I'm so grateful to hear you're, you're doing it. And I'm curious how you think that is informing your creative endeavors. I talked about your being an author, a musician, you, you travel, you, you're doing motherhood. How are you now using this practice in those business endeavors? Well, I have found that creatively I am having one of the most fertile times of my life. And there's a, there are a combination of factors for sure. I mean, I really prioritize self-care. I prioritize rest. I, I must sleep 
seven to eight hours a night. And if I'm getting less than that for more than a few nights, bad news for me. And I'm pretty sure bad news for everyone. <laughs> we all kind of cope and get competitive in our trauma sharing of how tired we are and, <laughs> and it becomes a badge of honor. But as we know, optimal rest is essential for well-being. So there are a combination of factors, but definitely this meditation practice has me being more rested than I've ever been, more clear, and it fills the well. Creatively, it manages to fill the well, and there is the, my ability to be present has increased and improved. My ability to notice when I'm going off in some way has improved. Um, I think I'm actually feeling emotions even more deeply than I was previously. And in some ways that's not as pleasant, but for a long time, I rejected feeling any pain. I really had a barrier there and that's kind of uh, dissipating. And what I'm seeing is that's an access to a full life to be able to have those full experiences. Wow, what a, what a great way to say that, access to a full life. Well, the full human experience, Yeah, you know? And that doesn't mean we have to go off the rails in one, what, in one direction or another. And I'm, I'm not personally a fan of feeling the high highs and the low lows. That's absolutely not what I'm talking about. But to actually fully feel human emotion is, um, is powerful. Well, yeah, you connected me with a guest that we've had on another show. Um, Sophie McLenn and I were talking about, um, in some ways, we've gotten away from just the teaching of what human emotion is because, you know, we're numbing with TV or beverages or, or drugs. It's a practice sometimes to just, just go into meditation and say, I'm going to feel joy. Like, like just to remember what it feels to feel joy. Right. Um, can can be an exercise in self-care, self-exploration, and giving yourself permission to identify both the, the not so fun feelings, oh, I feel overwhelmed, and feel feel the joy. I, I, you know, again, that trauma sharing, how many times do we go to the water cooler or the equivalent in your life and go, oh, I'm so busy. No, oh, I'm so busy. Oh, I'm busier than you are. Yeah. Um, what if we started sharing and rewarding those peaceful moments as well? Well, even when we, uh, we said hello before this uh, recording began and you asked me how I was, I went straight into how I'm dealing with jet lag, which I understand is fully a first world problem. Don't get me wrong. I can be responsible for that. Uh, and uh, in terms of consciousness, there's a delirium kind of experience that I'm not used to because I, a couple of years ago, I stopped drinking alcohol at all. Um, and... I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a mindful practitioner. So to, to have that, uh, to have an experience where I don't feel centered, which is what I'm currently experiencing in these days of extreme fatigue from jet lag is very unusual. And 
I think I'm, uh, I'm conscious to not take myself out of life and escape with stimulants. So to have an experience that might mimic that in some ways is very unusual. Am I making sense? Yeah, you absolutely are. And I, I also think that uh, listeners are going to have this, this misalignment, this, this discomfort in different ways based on, you know, maybe their work schedules change or that it doesn't have to be jet lag. We all have that, that space in us of not feeling quite right. And that's, what's so great about TM or any mindfulness practice is making the conscious choice to do it when we don't feel like doing it. And when our body needs it, the most is in those scratchy moments for you. It, it happens to be this experience of jet lag, but it might be your boss yelled at you or your, your kid yelled at the car or you, you didn't get the, the promotion that you thought you were going to get that how we can start using these negative triggers or these trauma sharings as opportunities to say, wait, I can choose something better, something different. That's really powerful. The, the, the word choose, I just love so much because to me, you know, one of the most powerful days of my life was when I realized I actually had a say in how my life goes. And I went through a lot of my, you know, my childhood, I didn't know that. I didn't know I had the choice to choose how I was going to react to whatever life was giving me. I just thought life was happening to me. And then at a certain point, I realized, hang on a minute, life isn't just happening to me. I'm actually in absolute complete control of how I react to what is happening in life. I, I think that's so fun because you're, you're known in, in, in circles as that, that recalculating, recalculating your life. And your, your most recent book is Recalculate Directions for Driving Performance Success. And that's the gift of your authenticity that you give to the listeners in your keynotes, in, in your work and your songs. And then certainly in the show is choosing the way you recalculate. And one thing we talked about is how we recalculate our relationship with time. And you were saying, you know, I, I had a little bit of time poverty. I couldn't, I didn't have time to meditate. It's the number one reason people don't want to be mindful. I don't have time to add mindfulness in. And yet listening, being ready to learn, being ready to explore just two minutes, three minutes. Now you've grown it, you know, to, to 40 minutes a day informs so much of who you are. So I'm curious, what thoughts might you have on recalculating a relationship with time? Well, I think that it is, it's powerful to bring in the word choose because we can choose. Time is a limited resource. We all have this, you know, we've got a very even playing field with that. And we can look at the most successful people and we can look at how they're using their time and we can say, oh, but their circumstances are different to mine, but you know what? They weren't always. And to be able to prioritize well-being as our number one priority is, I think, the key to recalculating our experience. When we are crystal clear that how we are taking care of ourselves 
and how we feel is the most powerful work we can do and it becomes our number one priority, that's when I think we can really step into making the greatest impact in the world. And I know plenty of people who have all the money and all the status and all the things who do not have all the health or they do not have their relationships in place. And I'm someone who is really clear about my priorities. I've sat down repeatedly and listed them and worked on them and then ordered them. And, you know, conversations that are not so common. And I continue to make well-being my number one priority above my family. And I'm a parent. And there are those who would go, how could you possibly put your well-being as your number one priority in life? Okay, if there's a danger situation, of course, my child's life comes first. But in practical everyday life, if my self-care is not in place, I cannot be the version of myself that can be the best for my child, my marriage, my clients, my impact in the world. So when I got really clear about that, it became much easier to prioritize self-care. It became much easier to say, I am going to sleep for eight hours every day. And I don't like going to bed at 10 o'clock at night. I'd like to go to bed at one o'clock in the morning. That's how my natural body rhythm works. However, I willingly chose to sign up to be a parent. And right now, what works is to be up at 6.30 in the morning to do the morning routine with our son so that he can be successful around the school year, which is what we have to base our lives around the school year calendar. And I've made a deal with myself that I will do that for six more years until he is no longer in school. And then I might sleep till one o'clock, <laughs> you know, be out till one and sleep till nine, which is what I naturally want to do. Uh, but I, it, it, I don't always want to go to bed at 10 o'clock, but I know my life and works really much better when I do that because I feel better. When we feel good, we can be our best selves. Well, and that's for listeners who are, who are, exploring mindfulness, deepening your practice in, in 2020. As I um, hear what, what Karen's saying, there's a power in recalculating. And so many of us at the new year are thinking about recalculating. And yet you have that, that choice point. Do I, do I choose to recalculate money or time or relationships or finance? And um, one of the gifts of TM, one of the gifts of meditation is the, the moments to be still and let your own answers come through, that these are the answers that are working for Karen. And because I know Karen, she's not here to evangelize, do it her way in any way, shape or form. But, but by the power of the show, I think, Karen, I'm gonna, gonna maybe put a little words in your mouth here. Help, help me if, I, if, if you don't agree, but we'd, we'd love this show to inspire listeners to a question about recalculating their lives. So maybe it's th that first 
you don't have to go sit on a yoga mat, but maybe if that works for you, great. Or if you're in your car, take five extra minutes before you pick up the kid and ask your, your intuition, your higher wisdom self, your, your source, <laughs> do I need to recalculate my life and listen? And then maybe the next question is in what area and listen, that there's an in a wisdom within us in our human brains and in our, in our souls or in our meditation practice, whatever word works for you that allow you to make those choices. And Karen's life is just such a great um, example. And I love her, love her, you know, use of the phrase we've, this has given me greater access to a full life as defined by her. And these practices as you use them will give you greater access to a successful life as you define it for you. Absolutely. I I think a barrier can be fear of what listening to ourselves might actually present. And it's, it's not for the faint of heart to stop the action, even once a few times a week for two minutes and stop in a quiet space and breathe in and out. And I can see how that can seem scary because, oh my goodness, all those other ways we're trying to block ourselves out will be removed and we'll, we'll be there face to face or breath to breath with our true selves or our inner GPS, as I would call it. And I would say to your listeners, it's okay. It's okay to be afraid of that and acknowledge that that's there. But then that two minutes, even a few times a week, will make a huge difference and it gets better and better and there is going to be no end to the niggly thoughts that will come up and the spaces you will go through if you do commit to a mindfulness practice and there will be no end to the benefits and you want to you want to find the magic bullet the the fast track to True contentment, mindfulness is it. It's it that it, it this, this is it, and we don't necessarily realize uh, that this could be the answer. We think it should cost a lot more money, and we we think it should be much more complicated. But it's truly not. We do all have our own answers. I love the way you said that. Sit and listen for the answers to come forward, and they do. Well, it's, as sometimes I think, you know, people meet people like you and I, we have a motivational speaker, inspirational speaker, the, oh, your, our, your lives are so great. And so, so in order, well, they are the highest and best life that we've chosen to create. And I'm so grateful that you shared um, that, that confidential piece about, about the experience you're having of jet lag. And even the way a mindfulness person expresses that. You didn't say I have jet lag. You said I'm having the experience of jet lag. Like you're you're giving yourself the grace to to own it, but it's not a part of you. So it's going to flow through you. And I think all of us can start to practice that. And the more you do a mindfulness practice, a meditation, you find a teacher or a book, you you can explore how how you you can own those things, but also let them go. And so just even by speaking those words. You've, I, I bet you you're going to text me in a few hours and say, I've made some strides on this because you were authentic and honest about it. And we need 
to start meeting each other in that place of compassion and grace. You talked about uh, that woman early on in your practice that you went to and said, there's no way I could do it. And she met you with compassion and grace and curiosity and discovery. And, and together we, we all get to serve each other in that way, whether it's in parenthood or corporate America, or if you work for an association or you're no matter where you are, but that the choice to honor that we have human doings, but deeper than that, we're human beings right. gives us this chance to, to grow. And I, I'm excited to be able to have these conversations with people to magnify this work in the world. Mm, it's powerful. It's powerful. I'm, I'm excited to be part of this conversation. So 2020, you're in your most fertile time. Um, what, 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 what's, what can we look for next from KarenJacobson.com? Another book, a keynote, uh, some music? What's, what's your vision now to, to bring this fertileness from, from, from the, the quantum through you into, into stuff on this planet? What well, are you I'm, manifesting? Ah, I'm listening to what life wants of me. And on a daily basis, I'm doing what I know feels right. You know, my mission is to make dreams come true. And I love working with people to make their dreams come true. And I'm either making my dreams come true or somebody around me. And it's just how I'm wired and what I'm here for. And I, this year, I, well, I'm in the middle of making a new album. And I, this year I'll be releasing that album. And this is a lot of uh, music that I've written more recently. There are some older songs, but a lot of the brand new music and I'm just, having the time of my life recording it and excited to share it. And I am also working on a musical memoir, a one woman show, which is called Mackay to Manhattan. And it's my story. It is delivered with me at the grand piano, not unlike this one here. And I will be sharing my story. It will be part concert, part motivational, uh, interactive, a lot of fun and really designed so that the audience will leave um, just fully engaged with their own potential and thoroughly inspired. And so, uh, so that is what I'm, what I'm debuting in the middle of this year. Wow. Well, we are so grateful for the alignment of us finally being able to, to have this chat and certainly share it with the, the listeners at the Everyday Mindfulness Show. If you're wanting to follow Karen's work, get her book, Recalculate Directions for Performance Success, invite her maybe to a conference, have a keynote, or, or probably get some advance notice on, on the show or on the album, visit her information at karenjacobson.com. We'll be sure to put that in the show notes. Karen, thank you so much we hope you'll come back and be on the show again soon have me back please holly thanks so much i just wanted to say to your listeners you know if you my my biggest message that i wouldn't want to leave is that it's never too late to recalculate it's never too late to start it's never too late to create and live your dream so even if you think what you really want is far far away uh a bunch of tiny steps over a long period of time can get you there. And we believe in you. Make yep. it a great mindful day. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more mindfulness every day, visit everydaymindfulnessshow.com and download the three-day challenge and experience the ABCs of mindfulness. Mm -hmm.